Hey guys, welcome back to the Body Talked Back. This is Sarah Romeo White, and on today's episode, I talked to my friend Sean Summer Brady. Summer is a trans activist, a beautiful trans woman, um, a teacher, an artist, uh, and an all around awesome person. Um, I'm excited to be able to share this conversation. Uh, Summer and I grew up together. We went to the, you know, from elementary school to high school. Uh, we were in different social groups, but the school that we went to was a really small school. So obviously, you know, we knew of each other and we were acquaintances and then in the end friends. Um, but I, we recorded this in November and I just want to make note of that because there are certain things that we talk about that are, uh, have changed in her life. Um, so yeah, this this was done a while ago, um, and I hadn't seen her since we graduated high school. Uh, we graduated in two thousand three, so almost so over a decade. My cat is meowing in the background. I apologize, which actually brings me to another point. Um, Summer's adorable dogs um, were were at. We recorded this at her apartment, um, so you're gonna hear some some dogs in the in the background playing, playing with some toys. Uh, it was, it was very cute. (laughs) They sat in my lap for a little while. Um, yeah, so, so I hadn't seen her in, in in a long time. Um, but I had been following, uh, just her transition through, um, social media for a while. And it was just, it's just really beautiful to watch someone who, you know, um, come into their own. Uh, so I really wanted to talk to Summer. She was one of the first people who I thought of when I thought of doing this podcast, um, because I wanted her to have the opportunity to, um, speak about her experience, um, and give light, uh, to the trans experience, obviously her trans experience. Um, and, um, I think that this conversation, is super helpful for for anybody who's listening, uh, but especially for any trans youth or or someone who is you know questioning uh, or you know just thinking about their gender or anything. I th- uh, Summer really um, shared so much, um, and for me, I learned a lot. I for me it was even um, helpful. Um, so yeah, I I also just really want to say thank you to Summer because um, some of the stuff that she talked about um, with being a public school teacher um, working for the DOE, um, she's gone through a lot of discrimination and she goes she goes deep into that. Uh, and I, so I just really appreciate her openness and honesty throughout this whole conversation, um, but especially with sharing stuff that uh, hopefully does not get her in trouble because... That would just be fucked up. <laughs> um, so yeah, so a big thank you to Summer. Um, Summer shares a lot, um, just like I do, uh, on her social media about her story and you know her current story and everything. You know, just just her life, everything. Uh, so definitely follow her on social media. Her handle is at Brady Bunch. It's B R A Y D Bunch B U N C H, um, and also her website is. Uh, Brady Bunch spelled the same way.com. As always, I will put this information in the description. Um, and yeah, I hope you really enjoy this conversation and get as much out of it as I did. And again, a big thank you to Summer um, and enjoy. So thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. For I'm very excited. Me as well. <laughs> 
and mostly, especially for for you, I really just kind of want to hold the space so that you can really tell your story. And obviously, I I also and you had said to me before, I also agree. We probably have a lot of like common ground. Um, I did it again. <laughs> I touched the table. It's okay. Um, but yeah, I'm really. I mean, I'm excited to hear the story because I haven't seen you in probably since Andrew's funeral. Yeah. Yeah. Which had to have been is it like four years now. I think f- maybe even longer. Four or five years ago. I think maybe it was five years was this year. But I could totally be butchering that also. Yeah, me as well. Yeah. Yeah. And then before that, it was high school. Yep. So senior year. Crazy. But life is funny, right? Yeah. Here we are. Here we are. And I'm happy. Yeah. You know? It's It's been such a beautiful thing to watch you just via social media, just like really come into your own and like really start like owning yourself and the whole transformation that I'm seeing from afar. I like cried the first time that I saw you like fully out. I was like, oh my God, you're so beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, of And course. honestly, like probably blushing right now but no I uh I wasn't sure how people were going to react Mm -hmm. and I would say um I'm happy I didn't do this but I was debating just deleting all my accounts yeah and like disappearing um when you when I was going through the process yeah yeah um because I didn't know I didn't think people were going to be so positive. Mm-hmm. And here's the truth. Not everyone has been positive. Mm-hmm. Um, but I decided to do it. And I think naturally, in this political climate yeah. that we're currently in, absolutely. Um, I've been through some... I could curse? Yeah, yeah. All right. I've been through some shit in yeah. the last couple of years. Um, and before then. But um, I would say that all of my struggles, like... I got stronger, mm-hmm. and after taking a few, I guess metaphorically, um, after taking some beatings and whatnot, like I just, I think it was more so like it was just a natural thing. Like mm-hmm. I need to tell my story. I need to open people's minds. I need to speak out um, because I was seeing horrible things said about people like myself from people I grew up with, people that I loved. Right. And I think I've changed some minds. And hearing from someone like yourself that the type of reaction you got, yeah. like, I love I love that. And it it's very, like we were talking a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. very therapeutic for us to share our stories. I, I mean, it's not even just therapeutic. It's like, it's ne- for me, like it's necessary. Like yeah. it's such a huge, par- I've made it to be such a huge part of my healing process. And I'm watching you do the same. Yeah. Once you start opening up and talking about your stuff and getting the feedback that you get, it's like, how do you shut that down? Yep. Like, you just can't. <laughs> I, I relate. Yeah. I can't. I, it's almost addicting. It's addi- <laughs> totally. It's totally addicting. It's yep. addicting. And then it's also like, it just becomes, yeah, it just becomes part of the process. Yep. Where it's like, all right, well, I know that when I share, I feel better. Because I know that when I share, I touch someone, yep. and then that person maybe they'll share, and we'll, it like creates this pain and foam. Yeah, yeah, totally. And it really, in some, for me, in some ways, it is like 
you know, I'm selfishly motivated because I'm just like, well, yeah, this is how I heal, but it's like a great selfish motivation. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like your healing in public helps other people. I, I believe really strongly, I use this term a lot, but the power of healing through sharing. I think that's like one of the biggest ways in which we can heal as people and also in the political climate we are in, I think it's more important now than ever for people to speak out and share their stories because it we deserve to be treated like humans and it's like it humanizes because that's what we are and it's like hey buddy like <laughs> i exist yep. thank you i'm like, real yeah yeah so do you mind sharing more um like your journey my a journey bit more your journey <laughs> you, do we have a lot of time we have a lot of time all right so i have no idea which of my friends and family will ever hear this mm-hmm um, some of them know. Yeah. Many people don't know, you know, my full story. Mm-hmm. Um, but before I dive in, this is actually, believe it or not, my second transition. Oh, wow. Um, I was kind of secretly trying it in my, when I was younger. Uh-huh. How old? Um, let's put it this way. I've been on and off hormones basically since like right after high school wow um so over a decade now yeah 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 and the thing is like a lot of people who knew me um it would have been common especially the last few years before i took the final dive Mm -hmm. but uh like working for the doe for example i remember one year i started like what i would do is i would make big major steps make a lot of progress, lose a lot of muscle. And then I'll talk about a lot of negative traits I had. Like, um, Mm -hmm. I was starving myself at points. Mm -hmm. So I would start a school year over 200 pounds, some muscle. And then by the end of the school year, I was down at 130 pounds, um, which was not healthy. Yeah. Um, but you know, like I remember one coworker to me once joking around was like, Hey, did you start the school year on steroids and end the school year on cocaine? Uh. Um, but the truth was that was me going back and forth, Mm -hmm. um, starting hormones, getting off hormones, trying to make society happy. Mm -hmm. Um, and here's the truth, teaching as a male, especially when I had some bulk on me, Mm -hmm. doors opened up. It was just like, they didn't even really need to look at my resume. Um, life was easy. Yeah. Attention was easy. Um, but I wasn't happy. Mm -hmm. Um, so... I actually, I'll start from the beginning, I guess. Okay. Um, but like ever since I was a little kid, I knew how I felt. It was just maybe I didn't have the exact words. Like there was no word for me to say, hey, mom and dad, I'm transgender. Mm-hmm. But I knew. Um, and, you know, my mom knew before most people. Um I think she knew even before I told her. I told her while I was in high school. Um, oh, wow. So you knew, I mean, you knew very young. Yeah. 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 No, I knew, um, I'd say I knew, I knew exactly and I had the words for it by the middle of middle school. Oh, wow. Um, but like, imagine my mom early on, like, there's no signs. You scream masculinity, like denial, 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 but actually not so long ago we popped in like an old school christmas video uh-huh. and 
It just, in my opinion, it spoke volumes. Right. So I was like, Mom, there's that evidence you missed over right. and over again. But imagine I was probably like four years old. Mm-hmm. And my older sister and I opened up our Christmas gifts. And we got the same exact toy. Except hers was the feminine version. Right. And mine was the masculine version. And on camera, I threw this hissy fit. <laughs> I cried. I yelled. I tried to forcefully take hers. Oh. <laughs> and like on camera, there's, no, this is the boy toy. Mm. And that was, um, yeah, that was the proof I needed at showing how early it was, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but here's the truth. Like I... I remember like sneaking into my mom's room or my sister's room and like playing with their makeup. I remember, you know, trying my mom's way too big for me clothes on, putting her heels on, all that stuff. I always wanted to be pretty. But for me, and this is different for everyone, what I Mm -hmm. try to say is like the transgender experience, my story, there'll be many similarities to other people like me, but there'll be differences too. Everyone has their own journey. And to each their own, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, the biggest factor in all this, my journey, why I had to do it, was the body dysphoria. Mm -hmm. The laughing joke with some of my Harborfield friends was they used to make fun of me because they're like, you can never walk past a mirror without looking at yourself. You're, Mm -hmm. You're in love with yourself. Like That was a big joke. What they didn't know was it wasn't that I was loving what I saw. It was that I hated what I saw. Yeah. And I spent countless hours throughout my life, just in front of mirrors, picturing what I wanted to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, now going back, a lot of people will say like, oh, I feel like a woman trapped in a man's body. For me, the dysphoria is greater than the idea of me being a woman trapped in the wrong body. And I don't know if this is gonna make sense. But no, like, it makes, I mean, I understand it because I, I, you know, I didn't have the gender part of it, but I, I had the same. Yes. I totally understand that. The, bo- the body issues. Yeah. Yep. So, and I'll say to this day to a lot of people, especially when they're like, you know what it's like to be treated like a woman. Mm-hmm. And here's the truth. Lots of what I have to deal with is what women have to deal with. But mm-hmm. when I often say to them, and sometimes they look at me like I have two heads, they said, listen, I want you to get something through your head. I'm not a woman. Mm-hmm. I'm a trans woman. Right. I'm something else. Right. And I used to be upset that my dreams did not come true earlier. You know, sometimes I'm like, I'm happy that I had to go through all this crap because I was socialized largely as male. Mm -hmm. And someone that gave me this this toughness. Mm -hmm. But on the same exact note, I never felt like I related to the boys the same way growing up. Mm -hmm. Like going back to little me, I would go to bed praying to wake up as a girl, saying my prayers to God. I was like five years old, right? Mm -hmm. Every night, I remember crying myself to sleep some nights. Um, It was the body, but also I did feel different. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't have described it as like a woman. Right. But I was different. I was more sensitive. And here is the truth. I'd say naturally my personality maybe, I don't know. If there was a spectrum of femininity and masculinity... Mm -hmm. Um, I would be towards the more feminine side, naturally. Mm-hmm. I was quicker to cry as a kid, mm-hmm. you know, like a softy. Uh, I remember, like, I had my guy friends. I played with my Ghostbusters. I was, we'd wrestle, you know. 
But then I also remember being in second grade, going outside at recess, looking for four-leaf clovers. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. like, there was something about me that was, was different. And here's the truth. Through much of it as well, I was confused. Like, of course, yeah. I had to find myself. Now, here's the truth. Um, and lots of this, being different, not having the words for it, made me question things like my sexuality, which I'm sure may come up later. Mm -hmm. Just made me question myself. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, as I got older, as I got more confident, as these feelings did not disappear, clarity came with it. Mm -hmm. Where it was like, what I want people to understand is, for me... And here's the truth. I, I do have a lot of people reaching out to me through my social media, and I'm not knocking any of them. Mm -hmm. But they're like, hey, and they're, they may be older than me, significantly or not, or around my age. And they like ask me, when did you know? And mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, since I was a little kid. And they're like, oh, I'm just figuring it out now. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if someday in the DSM, there'll be split categories. But mm -hmm. for me, this was a chronic issue I've had my whole life. Well, you were born this way. It's just you, yes, who you yes. are. That's how it's, I felt. It's not an issue. It's just who you are. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, so going off that, like, I want people to realize, um, and I'm sorry I'm dancing around a bit, mm -mm. but like recently, this hurt me, um, but one of my best friends, uh, who's hasn't really made me feel awkward about it, and I was really scared, but when I told them, they were a champ about it. They were in my wedding party. Mm -hmm. They have a, a sibling that's around our age group who I also consider like family. Mm -hmm. And of course, you see all these people's opinions on this issue that they don't know anything about. Right. And what they did not know, this sibling was, I saw them not so long ago on a message board around the time of the trans ban on Facebook. And it popped up on my, my newsfeed. <laughs> Wasn't like I was searching for yeah. it. Where they were responding to someone and saying, well, they shouldn't be in the military. I see them as mentally ill. Oh my god. So I wrote to that person and I called them out on it. And they tried to debate with me. And I think I did a pretty good job at making them look silly in many ways. Because mm -hmm. they tried to whip out their military knowledge. And my dad's a vet. And just in general, I'm well versed. And here's yeah. the truth. I was looking into joining the National Guard. Yeah. Kind of wanted to knock down some walls before this trans ban was even talked about. Mm -hmm. um, but quickly when I confronted them, they're like, well, I don't think you're mentally ill. And I wanted to be like, well, a second ago you were saying that people yeah. like me are mentally ill. Yeah. And this is someone who's like family. To me. Yeah. And I'm hoping I changed it. And their views a bit. Right. Um, but back to this idea. And this is what I say to people a lot. And I hope I don't offend any other trans people that may be listening but in a way I, even though and i do have a background in counseling fine you want to treat it like a mental illness i'll let you do that but what do we do for other mental illnesses we give the people the treatment they deserve mm -hmm. to get happier more stable and become more productive in life mm -hmm. if someone has bipolar disorder you would treat them with the right medication mm -hmm. and hopefully Usually, they get better. Mm -hmm. They could be productive, right? But you don't give those people that medication. You don't give them that treatment. Yes, they're going to be mentally ill right. and dangerous yeah. to themselves and others. Yeah. That was my experience with being trans. Yeah. Is 
the hormones calmed me. They made me happier. As my appearance changed, I got happier. And I think I'm happier and more productive than I've ever been in my life. Mm -hmm. I used to deal with suicide and body issues and self-harming behaviors, addictions, right? Mm -hmm. I did a lot of drugs back in the day, right? <laughs> Secretly, why was I doing a lot of these drugs? I was hurting inside. Mm -hmm. There were times, honestly, where I may have consumed a lot hoping I would die. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm happy I didn't. I'm happy I'm here. Um, and we mentioned our friend Andrew earlier, yeah. right? He's often a reminder. And actually, even though I was doing much better at that point in my life anyway, um, losing him hit close to home. And I think about him all the time. Yeah, I think it hit close to home for all of us. Yes, yeah. yes. So I, take, I took that yeah. almost like... That was actually part of my motivation it was yeah. like, yo, I don't know how much longer I have on this earth. Mm -hmm. um, you failed once and you're going to go through with it. Mm -hmm. So back to, back to the transition story. The internet taught me a lot. Yeah. And I was able to basically go and find these old school... When it took like 20 minutes for a picture to pop up. Yeah. <laughs> I found these old school websites of like trans pioneers. Mm -hmm. Um, unfortunately, here's the truth, and this part of the reason why I'm sharing my story, and there's, I'm, I love you all, mm -hmm. and I'm not knocking anyone, but growing up, like, there weren't role models for no. someone like myself. Yeah. But, like, a lot of my earliest role models, unfortunately, would have been, like, drag queens, mm -hmm. some type of sex worker, mm -hmm. whether, meaning, like, uh, some type of porn star, right? Or there were some rare ones, like there was this one woman who was a doctor and she had a website and she mm. produced it. There was one woman who I recently found on Instagram and Facebook who now we're like friends on there, but like 25 years ago, well, I may be slaughtering the numbers a bit, but a while yeah, ago, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a bit. Um, they, uh, they were a big influence because they were like this super macho guy before they transitioned. Mm -hmm. um, but I found all my information from there, reading up on it, seeing results they had. And I knew, I knew since middle school that that was what I needed to do. Mm -hmm. And it was like an obsession. And I would go to school with everyone and I had no one to share this with. Mm -hmm. But I remember like seeing pretty girls and being jealous that like I wish I could look like you I wish mm -hmm. I could hang out with you I wish I could be who I want to be mm -hmm. but I couldn't um, uh, back to the body dysphoria I happen to be one of the first kids I'd say out of my friends to get full body hair mm -hmm. I remember being in like sixth grade and I got I had armpit hair chest hair and I remember like some kids were might have been jealous, like, oh, you're some, you know, turn it into a man. Yeah. But here's the truth. I was miserable. Mm -hmm. Every hair that sprouted brought me so much stress and anxiety and harm. Mm -hmm. um, to the point where like I was on the wrestling team and I would, uh, I remember shaving and nairing my body and I would tell people like, oh, it's because wrestling, you yeah. know, could slip out. But the truth was, no, it was I didn't want that body hair. Right. But at the same exact time, I was busy trying to act, I guess, macho or like put up a front, mm -hmm. you know? And here's the truth. I'm so happy that I did sports and all that. Like, 
But, yeah. And as I went on, and here's what I want people to realize about, like, I guess the whole, the way it does affect us mentally. As I got taller, as I got hairier, as facial hair started to come in, as I got even older and I started losing some hair in my temples, Mm -hmm. right? That brought me such stress and harm and anxiety and just, like, completely, it was a nightmare. Mm Mm-hmm. I remember like shaving my face once and cutting myself and thinking that a scar was going to be there and thinking like, how will I look as a woman with this scar? Like it was a ridiculous thought, but like, no, it was almost like OCD like, um, when acne came, oh man, that was horrible. Right. Like, no, like, but then there was also that large part of me, even though I knew how I identified and what I wanted, it was like, you'll never be able to make it happen. Yeah. I mean, we also went to a school that I don't really think fostered the idea of that people could really be who they were. Yep. Like, it was a pretty judgmental environment. I agree. And if you weren't a certain way, you kind of got left out Yep. and pushed to the side. Yep, a lot of, yeah. uh, I hate to say it, a lot of bullying. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's some people who I think of to this day mm-hmm. that I'm like, you are so mean and nasty. And I think they may have sensed some of this in me um, and singled me out for it. But you're right, it wasn't a place. Who knows what it's like today? Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like that I was very lucky because of theater, that theater was really like a, a, a safe space where... It's fine. <laughs> no, you're right. And here's the truth. Some of the most beautiful, open-minded people I know are the people that got to be themselves yeah. were from that circle. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But it took a lot to find that. It took a lot for us to find each other. And I can't imagine what it was like for you not being and you know we, it was like a rare thing that we were very accepted it was like you know just be who you are like whatever we're all we all love each other um but we it was almost like we had to have that because the alternative was to be ostracized and to not be allowed to be who you are yeah. and i can't i mean i know that there's a lot of people even just sexuality who have come out who like we wouldn't expect um, from what that was being presented at that time, who I can't imagine, like what that must have been like. I mean, our county voted for Trump. Yep. Yeah. I think living here, I think it was I was here at the time. There was like that website, put a zip code in. Oh. And oh. it'll tell you like the biggest, yeah. what er- closest area that voted red. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure. If it wasn't the first, it was the second closest, it was Huntington, which spoke oh, volumes. Yeah. Like, all that other area in between, blue. Yeah. And there was our hometown. That... I lived there during it. It was not... I, that's part of... I mean, well, there was a lot, lot many reasons. We were... It was like a transitional period, but I was like, I can't stay here. Yep. This is like... <laughs> yep. This is too sad and terrible. <laughs> My wife and I moved back to Long Island for maybe six months to try to save money for the wedding and just, we had to I love you all, but we had to leave. Yeah. So when did you start your the, so the first transition was right after high school? Kind of. So like, imagine and here's the truth. A lot of why I was sharing this stuff in case there's a 
parent listening, right? Mm-hmm. Know that I hear a lot of people are like, kids are too young to know this. I was not too young to know. I knew. Everyone would tell me things like this. I knew. Mm-hmm. I was caused so much pain due to my dysphoria, like that could have been avoided. Mm-hmm. Even now with my transition, there are certain traits that I have to fight and hope the hormones overcome or whatnot. For example, my voice. My voice, here's the truth. When I am dressed right, got a good night's rest, wearing the, you know, the right clothes, feeling confident, I tend to pass as long as I'm not talking. Mm-hmm. So like, for example, I went to a Denny's with some coworkers recently. We went for some drinks. I was getting manned by this woman who worked there. And then I walked up to her and then I used my voice. And I was like, hey, where are the bathrooms? <laughs> and, and I wasn't offended, but she was like, oh, they're, they're that way. The men's room is to the right, the woman's room is to the left. Because uh-huh. <laughs> at first she was mamming me, but then she heard my voice and, you know. Um, so now part of me is debating. I've been trying to save to actually get a voice surgery they give, which raises your voice to like a feminine pitch. Oh, wow. Um, because here's the truth. Like that at this point is what bothers me the most, gets me outed the most. Right. Um, but if I was allowed to transition or take testosterone blockers, right. not even hormones, but they can block the effect testosterone has on you. It's almost like freezing puberty. Doctors will give it to kids, wait till they're 18, and then 99% of the time they're like, yes, I'm still trans. And then they start the hormones. But guess what? Their bone structure didn't change. Right. They didn't get the body hair. Right. Their voice didn't get deep and baritone like mine. Right? Oh, so it's it stops the process before before it happens. Oh. So like if wow. I got that, I would feel so much better. Right. Right. Um, I wouldn't have lost hair. Right. Yeah. Luckily, I'm one of the few that like the estrogen actually re-sprouted. I had a bald spot that completely grew back. Wow. Um, but also what a lot of people don't realize, this is what I was reading in middle school and that's why it was like stressed me out even more, but it's the truth. Yeah. The earlier you start hormones, the better results you get. Yeah. And every five years after the age of 20, you get less results naturally. Mm-hmm. Now some people are just lucky. Mm-hmm. I'd say I, I think here's the truth from taking some hormones earlier. Right. It was almost like my DNA and cells changed a little already. Right. So when I went back on, it was like I made up for some lost time. Yeah. So in a way, sometimes I think if I didn't have that first failed transition, I wouldn't have had as much success this time around. Mm-hmm. But that's my message, parents. If you're listening, your kid means it. Most of the time, they're completely right. Transition is not easy, but if you can support your children, you'll have a ha- they'll have a happier life. You will have a happier life, and your relationship with your children will be much better. Um, my family is now great, but we had many lo- rough years, and I had a lot of resentment towards my parents. I'm sure, yeah. Um, but back, all right. So I carried this throughout high school. I needed to get hormones. I knew it. So the first thing I did was I found this these websites that talked about how you can like feminize yourself with herbs. Mm-hmm. So I started doing that. Took lots of soy. Took like I think it's black cohos. Um, 
Look at these little... So I took these hormones and here's the truth. I think rather than feminizing me, uh -huh. they actually, I think, lowered my testosterone. Okay. Which was nice in a way. Right. Probably not the healthiest, but it was like... Well, if, when you don't have access to what you actually need. Yep. People so, will do whatever <laughs> is so, necessary. So tying into that, I also found websites online where you technically can order like a month's worth of prescription legally to the U.S. Mm -hmm. if it's for yourself. So it order like a month at a time. But guess what? It was 10 times the price. It was like, you know, street value. Right. But I would take these things. I tried the patches. I tried the pills. And here's the truth. They started to like feminize. Um, How old are you? Like 18, 19? Yeah, I'd say like 19. Yeah. And this started like the self-treatment. So I would be on for a few months. My cheeks would get puffier. My skin would get clearer. Um, some people would make some comments. And then I would get scared. I would chicken out. I would stop. And then I would go to the gym every day and try to bulk back up. And right. like be a, be a man's man, right? Yeah. So it was this constant cycle. But while I was going to Stony Brook for my undergrad, due to all this, due to the anxiety, due to the stress, I went through a breakdown. Um, and I actually ended up taking a semester off from Stony Brook at one point. Um, but I went to their local clinic mm -hmm. on campus. And there was this woman, Charisma, I think was her name, very sweet woman. She was an intern. And it was just by chance, she happened to just meet someone who owned a clinic down the road mm -hmm. that specialized in transgender therapy. Wow. In Stony Brook? In Stony Brook. That's incredible. So if anyone's listening, I don't think it's still named after this woman, but I don't think she runs it anymore. I think she's like retired. Uh -huh. but, um, and I think a trans woman is now running it. Amazing. Um, but it was the Diane Friedman Center for Social Work. And this woman changed my life. She was an older lesbian, mm -hmm. right? Um, and she shared with me her story was her first client ever happened to be trans. Wow. In the 80s. Amazing. Right? Yeah. So she was like, you know, just by chance. Yeah. And this woman was great because she understood it. She knew the science behind it. She, she respected it. Before this, I cut this out, I went to all these therapists, my mom brought me the therapists, and they would prescribe medication right. and tell me it was in my head and it was a choice and all this stuff. And one even brought up religion, right? <sighs> I finally had someone that like was like, no, this is real. Yeah. You're suffering and there's something we can do. Yeah. And here's the truth. She like, there were standards of care that she did follow. So I was properly diagnosed. Um, and while I was there, there was group therapy. So it was meeting other young oh, that's incredible. trans people. Yeah. Yes. The one part that stunk was I didn't really have my family support yet. Right. And like one of them, which touches me to this day, their dad basically sold the house and moved to an apartment to be able to finance their child's transition. Wow. So it, it was very eye-opening. And what was even cooler was I noticed that... It was a clinic, so there was other people working there. There were people on the trans spectrum there that mm. were actual therapists. Wow. So there's this woman, Donna Riley, who now took over. I think she's a professor at Stony Brook. But she was there at the time, and she would run my group. 
Jen Kelch was another one. She broke away, has her own clinic now. I've all seen all on Long Island. Yeah, all That's on Long incredible. Island. Incredible. Yep. I didn't realize there's so much support. That I mean, that makes me so happy. Yep. And especially out further. In, yes, <laughs> Suffolk County. Yeah, yep. yeah. East, east, more east yeah, than us, right? Yeah. Um, like the one that broke away is now in Holbrook. Wow. Um, wow. So like, but it was how do I put this? It was so seeing these trans adults. And Donna was also married to a woman that stayed with her through the transition. It was just like, wow, I can do this. Yeah. Um, so like I kept going to therapy. Um, and here's the truth. I came out to my family, not my dad. My dad was last. But mm-hmm. I recently found out that my dad knew because they kind of opened their mouths and no one told me. Yeah. And what's crazy is I thought my dad would take it the worst. And it's like nothing has changed. That's amazing. Yeah. Like yeah. literally like nothing has changed. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to make my mother sound bad. My mother is amazing. Mm-hmm. And later in my life, they made up for it. Um, but at the time, like, my mom didn't know what to do. I remember I told her by dressing up. I had a wig on, right. makeup. And I remember her being like, you can't do this. You'll make an ugly woman. You won't be able to get a job. And here's the truth. The world's changing. Yes. And my mom very often is like, to me lately, like, I wish you were born 10 years later. And I'll be like, Mom, I wish you just opened your eyes 10 years earlier. Right? Yeah. But I can't hate her because just like we grew up in that bubble. Absolutely. My mom was in that bubble. Yeah. And in a different time. Yep. Yeah. But my mom would come with me to therapy. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, she wasn't really willing to accept it. And she thought I would have this hard path. And I know my mom's happier than anyone at the moment, the way things are going. Uh, My older sister, Tiffany, who I thought wasn't going to take it well, I remember being like, I'll be here for you. Your life is going to suck for a while. Right. But it'll get better. Yeah. And if this is what makes you happy, then do you. Um, And my sister, Dana, who's now a lesbian. Mm -hmm. uh, No, she's been pretty great. She's one of my biggest advocates. But here's the truth. At the time, none of them understood it. Right. None of them knew how... how badly this impacted me. Right. And I don't think they, any of them really took it as serious as they should have. Right. Um, and here's the truth. My mom kept telling me things too. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't transition. Wait till your little sister graduates high school. You'll bring shame to the family. Blah, 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 blah. Then that conversation turned into wait till she graduates from Berkeley. Wow. Then it turned into wait till she graduates from law school. And then my sister came out as a lesbian, and I was like, Mom, like, you know, like... Oh, my God. But, uh, but yeah. So, imagine through this Friedman Center, they got me in contact with some doctors. And this is when I started, like, the on and off process of mm. doing hormones for a while, getting off. Doing them for a while, getting them off. Um, because I didn't really have a support system. Yeah. Now, I'm going to tell you a story, and here's the truth. Um, I don't know how much I can share of this part. Yeah, whatever you're comfortable. But I, talking about my earlier transition, prior to working for the DOE, I had a job elsewhere. Mm-hmm. As a teacher? Or you don't have to say. You just had a job elsewhere. I had a job elsewhere. Okay. 
uh, let me phrase it this way. I got s- lots of horrible, horrible things happened to me uh-huh. due to my transition on the job. They, my life was almost ruined from things that were done in response to my transition. Mm-hmm. They almost won. I covered my ass. I'm a warrior. And yeah. I'll share some of these stories if you have time yeah. from more recent stuff. Yeah. Um, and with the help of a trans lawyer. Amazing. Right? <laughs> who I wrote to, poured my heart out to, and explained that I had no money. Uh, let's just say I, I won and I, I can't really talk about it, but the settlement was signed. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though I won though, I'd say that these people won in some ways in the sense that at this point I was on hormones for two years. Right. I completely stopped. Right. Um, so I knew I needed the new job and I went to, uh, a DOE school. But before I did that, I actually was growing my hair out. Mm-hmm. It was getting pretty long. My cheeks were puffier, right? Uh, like, I was clearly looking much more feminine. Right. But knowing I needed a paycheck, knowing I needed a career, knowing what I went through, and I wish I could talk about it. Yeah. I think I can after seven years, if I'm not mistaken, right? How many years ago was it? I mean, don't do anything that's going to get you in trouble. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For now. It's not worth it. Right? But here's the truth. Um, I cut all my hair off. I went and bought a new male, very looking wardrobe, mm. and started the process again of bulking up, remasculizing. Yeah. I have spent over $20,000 of my own money on laser hair removal or electrolysis to get the body and facial hair removed. Mm-hmm. And each time I stopped my transition, New hairs would sprout. So I was naturally a hairy person, and I went from being smooth like a baby. So all that dysphoria came back. Yeah. This time around, that's when I started losing hair. Yeah. Lots of it. But guess what? My life got easier. I got jobs. I yeah. became a dean, dean of a high school. Wow. Um, and even though life was getting easier, I was miserable. Yeah. So I guess I taught as the more macho me for a while but I was miserable mm-hmm. and here's the truth um, here I am in my 20s starting self-harming behavior right I started cutting myself yeah because I was in so much pain right and I had no outlet and I know a lot of people are like oh cuttings for high school or middle school girls but nope here yeah. I was so miserable, yeah. so depressed. There's no timeline on self-harm. Yep. <laughs> That's not... Yep. Yeah. And I had other self-harming behaviors, so... <sighs> I'd say it got to a point where I just could not live a lie anymore. Right. Now, I have... I mention her a lot. I have a photo with her on social media. I love her to death. Um... I often say she's one of my biggest role models, but Carmen Carrera, right? Uh-huh. It just so happened, like, I watched RuPaul's Drag Race for Carmen. Right. Right? I thought, that, I find out that, like, that was when, like, Carmen was announcing that they were transitioning, too. That's and, amazing. Yeah. So I was like, wow. 
this is like a fate. role model. Yeah, fate, <laughs> yeah, right? Like totally meant to be. So when I watched Carmen get prettier and prettier, it gave me courage. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went back to the doctors. I go to this awesome place in the city called Colin Lord. Maybe pronouncing it wrong. I don't know if it's Callen Lord, Colin Lord, <laughs> right? Um, but it's wonderful if you're living in the New York City area, even Long Island, I'd say. Yeah, it could be worth the trip. Yep. Long Island Railroad. They, you walk into this place, it's like half of the people there, it's packed out. They're all trans. Um, a lot of these people don't have insurance, and they'll give you sliding scale for so, uh, some of the trans youth I've counseled. Right. Mm-hmm. They go there and they get free treatment, free prescriptions. That's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. And trans nurses, trans doctors, LGBT across the board. Yeah. But I started going back there, and now I'd say, if I'm doing my math right, might be coming around like, might be like four years of me being on hormones, like basically nonstop. Mm-hmm. Here's the truth. Around my wedding, we were so tight with money. I had to go off my hormones for a little bit and yeah. like the remasculinization came back. So on my wedding photos, like I'm very dysphoric actually at my wedding because right. it's not how I wanted to look. Right. Um, but for the most part, I've been for the last four years, majority of it, I've been on hormones. Um, and I just say as time goes on, I'm happier and happier. Yeah. Um, and you can, you exude that yes. even just through, I know it's like social media, it's social media. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Not everyone is presenting who they actually of course. are, but like you can tell, I think also just because not, so, not even just the photos, but the fact that you're, you're so much more vocal now, like you are sharing your story and that comes with more being comfortable in your own skin and self-confidence and without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. And, uh. The amazing thing, too, is, like, even transitioning on the job. And I went through hell. Yeah. I want people to know. Can th- you talk about that, The what the article was? Are you allowed to talk about that? The, oh, you mean that other one? Yeah, or is that what well, was Well, I can talk about more recent things. Yeah, talk about more recent. Once again, I think I have to be clever with how I talk about some of yeah, this. Yeah, go for it. Um, or don't if you're, like... If you're going to get in trouble. <laughs> I don't want you to lose your job. Let them come for me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. They, they already tried. <laughs> um, three school years ago. So like three or four, I'm so bad at math. Three or That's four fine. summers ago, yeah, right? Yeah. I knew the direction I was heading in. Been on hormones for some time. Losing muscle. And here's the truth. And I give this advice to people all the time now when they reach out to me. Yeah. It's not a race. Don't rush things. Right. Everything um, in your own time. Yep. So I may have uh, tried to rush things a little, but at the same time, not. I was on hormones. I was growing my hair out. Looking more feminine, right? Uh, largely living the life not at work, right? So I actually wrote... I didn't know what to do. And I looked all online to see if there was any information for what could be done for someone like me as an employee. And here's the truth. I found all this wonderful um, stuff for the students, right? They were right. changing policies. Students could use whatever team they identify as. They can go and play on that sports team, right? Uh, you're sp- they can use what names. Like, there were rules popping up. Mm-hmm. Nothing for staff. Yeah, protections for kids, but not for yep. adults. Now, 
part of the reason I'm probably hated by some of these people who try to make my life harder is uh, I'm well versed on local laws, federal laws, state yeah. laws. Um, my sister, the Lawyer. lesbian, <laughs> is a hotshot lawyer as well, who did an internship at the EEOC, mm-hmm. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, right? Yeah. She's now an employment lawyer. Wow. Um, for a big firm in Jersey. making She's made more money in her short career than I will in the next 10. <laughs> That's how I feel. But even before, like, having her, like, I know the laws. Um, but I wanted to make sure I was covered. Mm-hmm. So I decided I wrote out this well-worded letter stating the name I wanted to be called by, talking about the medical treatment I was under, the whole process, telling them that I would come back a more productive worker, mm-hmm. but that I'm hoping they can help me with this. And I even stated, if the school I'm going to work at is not the right one, could you please help me find a new one? Yeah. And this before the school year started. I wrote to all the big shots I could. Mm-hmm. I sent it to higher-ups in HR. Is this for, for Brooklyn? For, for everyone? Citywide DOE. Citywide, okay. All right. I wrote to the president of the UFT. I sent separate letters to my new two supervisors. Let's just say this way. The name I chose and all the rights I should have had, I did not get to return to work using the name that I picked. Until this school year. So it took two years. Two, three years. Two, three years, yeah. And here's the truth. Lots of things were done that could get a lot of people in trouble. Yeah. And the screwed up part is I just wanted to live my life and be friendly. Yeah. And some people really tried to mess with me. Yeah. And here's the truth. I don't know how much I can talk about all this. Let's just say that I was not given. I wasn't. I was told to be Mr. Brady that year or maybe the next year. Yeah. I was also told that things would be handled a certain type of way. That if anything were to happen, they would squash it immediately. Um, but here is the truth. I was presenting very genderqueerish mm-hmm. or bi gender, like in between. Right. Lots of pinks, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, brows done, but was on the hormones. And here is the truth. The kids picked up on it immediately. Right. So they knew me as Mr. Brady. My nickname was Mr. Lady by the end of week one. Um, and let's just say that I went through hell. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't the right school. It wasn't the right environment. And here's what stinks. I left the school I was in because at the time in my head, I was like, you need a fresh start. Right. I think if I stayed in the school I was in, it would have been perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't know these things. Yeah. And out of fear, I jumped here. How old are the kids that you're... They were younger. That yeah. was part of it. Yeah. That was part of it. Yeah. Because um, now I'm in the high school. This okay. was a middle school. Right. Um, yeah, they don't, I feel like so silly. Like, oh, big me middle schoolers. But no, you can reason with high schoolers. Yeah. They... Absolutely. There's a, there's a level of maturity there. Yep. And understanding. Yep. So... Um, don't know how much I can talk about, but I went through hell. Yeah. When I was going through hell, they allowed hell to continue. Um, and let's just say certain things happened that I documented mm-hmm. and covered my ass in the best ways you can. And they tried to claim, con- they tried to contradict the things that was my side of the story. Mm-hmm. And once again, 
after a long drawn out battle, I won. You know what? Screw it. I'll share some of this. Okay. Are you sure? I don't want you to get in trouble. <laughs> I'm sure. Okay. Um. So like, I, I won't share it all, but like, okay. imagine right before Thanksgiving break, we were in a staff wide meeting, and I raised my hand. I don't raise my hand. A, gr- a fellow coworker raises her hand, and she was like. Mr. So-and-so, the principal. Mm-hmm. Um, it was about, like, we were talking about the problems in the school. And it was the type of school where, guess what, in general, the principal would be like, hey, Johnny, take care of your hat. And the kid would turn around and go, go fuck yourself and give the principal right. the finger. And the principal didn't do anything because he couldn't do anything. Yeah. He didn't know what to do. Yeah. That was half the problem. Okay. Okay? Tough school. Tough school and just... I always say the schools, and that's why I'm so happy to be where I am now. Yeah. Top down. Absolutely. Was ever commanding that ship impacts everything else. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I bring up, she brings up, she's like, so-and-so in class, when I told them to put their phone away, turned to me and said, lick my twat, bitch. Oh. So how did this principal try to handle it? Could you explain to me why these things happen in your classroom, but don't happen in Miss So-and-So's classroom? Meanwhile, Miss So-and-So was the union rep who was doing her administration internship under our administrators, which is a conflict of interest, right? right? And seeing how he was completely marginalizing this young teacher's experience, I raised my hand and I said, I believe she made a good point. And I shared a story about something I reported to him literally earlier, I think in that week, or within a week, where because I had two earrings in, two kids in my class, when I called on them, thinking it was going to be an answer, told me, you know that two earrings are only for faggots, right? So when I mentioned this, like a classic politician, this man smiled, and in front of everyone in the room, was like, I'm so sorry that happened to you in your last school. And then tried to change the topic. Wait, what? He was acting like... It didn't happen. It didn't happen. So I called him out on it. And he still tried to act like it didn't happen. Not only did I call him out on it, I've referenced the assistant principal who's next to him, how he was involved as well. I left that meeting, and by the way, this guy would never respond to my emails, always dodging me. I left that meeting, sent him an email to meet, and quickly he emailed me back. Suddenly this guy wants to meet and be my good friend, right? Um, Or not be my good friend, but you know, like, oh yeah, we can meet this time, that time, this time, right? Clearly I see through the bullshit. Yeah. So I'm like, sure, I'll meet you on this time, blah, blah, blah. It was like a day later or something. So... In my head, it's just going to be me and him. Knock on the door. The assistant principal walks in. I bring up incidences that I reported all year. And I call them both out on not supporting me. Mm-hmm. And my concern about them denying the one. And they tried to victim blame. And deny that I reported things. Or that I wasn't specific enough. Now the evidence that I had completely showed that they were both horrible liars, Mm -hmm. scumbags. But I kept that in my back pocket. Right. Um, I would say that the evidence that I had is very much like this podcast. Yeah. 
So people can claim things afterwards, but certain things are kept forever. Right, they're recorded. Yep. Yeah. So here are these guys telling me I never reported these things, but guess what? I had all the evidence and I reported it many, many times before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also started writing on the wall. Yeah. I'm like, these guys are going to come for me. Right. Because I've been through it once before in that other place. Right. So sure enough, Thanksgiving break came. I called this union woman who was assigned to me by the union that was supposed to help me if I had any problems. A woman who I went to in September and basically brushed my problems aside. And I told her everything. And I begged her to either help me get a transfer, because mm-hmm. there's safety transfers and medical transfers that employees could get right. with the right paperwork, or to help me go on a leave of absence, because I just had this feeling that these guys were out, and they were going to try to ruin my career. Right. She tells me things, which I have the evidence of, like, how do the kids know? Did your hair get longer? Uh-huh. Um... Which, are you on hormones? Which, by the way, we spoke about many times before, lady, right? And tells me that she's just going to call the principal to talk to him about it. And I'm like, you cannot do that. Yeah. And when I asked for help with the transfers and stuff, someone with your condition would never get a transfer. Blah, 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 blah. With your condition? Yep. Oh, my God. Yep. This was repeated to me many times later on in the story when I'm on the phone with the department that deals with it, taping all these conversations, asking for the requirements, and they tell me things like, hate to say it, kid, if you were to run out and get hit by a car and break your leg, you'd have a better better chance of getting a transfer then. Oh, my God. All right. So sure enough, actually, I come back from break, and the superintendent came to the school to do observations. I knocked it out of the park. Right. In fact, and I still have the evidence of this, they put my name on the whiteboard, giving me props, and my boss, the same jerk, in our one-on-one meeting, told me how I had the best lesson in the whole school, and the superintendent loved it. Hmm, later that day, I think it was, that union woman did call him. I come back to work. Now, mind you, there was one class in particular that the majority of my complaints came from. Mm -hmm. The ringleaders. Right. He comes in to observe me. To rape me. Which can be used to get rid of you as a teacher in the DOE. I taught this lesson... Maybe not my best, considering the circumstances, mm-hmm. but by far not my worst. And I'm a good teacher. Mm-hmm. I was always, you get rated like a one, two, three, or four every year. Mm-hmm. Always been in that three or four range, mm-hmm. right? For the first- You know your shit. Mm-hmm. I know my shit, right? <laughs> For the first time ever, he asked to meet with me a few days later. Straight and effective ones. And that's like how they get rid of you. When you have one ratings right. for a certain amount of time, they can ask you not to come back and discontinue you. Even go for your license. He also took a quote I used talking about a student in our private conversation elsewhere and put it in my observation report as if I said it during the class. Oh my God. It was a hit. Yeah. Wow. Here's the craziest part. On top of this, and I'm like... Let's look at the rubric, because I also took an administration class. Right. I took two classes towards my min license. One was from a superintendent mm-hmm. who taught me how to document things. Right. 
straight up taunt me and explain how it saved his career because people try get jealous of people mm -hmm. and they tried to bring you down. He was accused of sexual misconduct and he was able to prove that it was a lie. Right. <laughs> All right? Wow. Yeah. I never forgot that guy's advice and it's also what saved me in the first time around. Yeah. Been using this advice for years. Yeah. It's like Black Lives Matter, right? Like, no cameras around. Yeah, the cop can claim what he wants. Right. Oh, we have these cameras now. And guess what, cops? Yeah. You're exposed. Exactly. Yeah. Right? So, um, this guy ends up sliding me what's known as a tenure extension agreement form after giving me this horrible write-up. Uh-huh. On the form, the date said November 30th. It was December 16th when we had this meeting. I have all the evidence of it. I call him out during this meeting. I go, hey, doesn't this mean I have tenure? Yeah. Because according to New York State law, you get tenure by estoppel. If your tenure date passes and principals are supposed to do a certain thing to document it, if they're not going to ask you back or deny you your tenure, I should have gotten my tenure. And I had all the proof of right. it in the world. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'll call the union, blah, 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 blah. You know, like gets all flustered. I call the union, the same woman. The union lawyers call me, which I still have the documentation of. They tell me, you better sign that or get ready to get fired, kid. Because guess what? In every 10-year extension contract in the DOE, this is how they operate, there's a paragraph that makes you waive your right to take any action in court or within the DOE. It's in oh every tenure extension contract. So why was this man suddenly sliding me a predated date past tenure extension contract and trying to get me to sign it right there? Because yeah. he knew he screwed up. Right. And he was trying to protect himself. Right. My abuse got worse on a daily basis. He was clearly out for me and all by myself. I got the documentation required and went out on a medical leave. An FMLA leave, federally protected. Mm -hmm. Now there's certain things that aren't supposed to go on when you're on these leaves. Guess what? Never received a disciplinary letter once before this. Mm -hmm. While I'm on leave, I start getting letters to come in to defend myself on accusations Accusations which I had evidence not being true. Right. I contact the union. They're even like, you can't go in. You'll get in trouble if you go in. You're supposed to not be well enough to be at work right now. I wouldn't make it in. They would close their investigation and put letters in my permanent file. Oh, my God. One of these letters was so freaking ridiculous. And I still have all this. Yeah. Imagine actually on my last day. A kid went up to the dean and told the dean they wanted to report me for my shemale issues. Oh. oh my god. Which I could prove. Um, one of the letters they put in my file when they didn't go in was that, and here's the truth, other teachers witnessed this. Right. And here's the truth, it didn't make me break down. Yeah. Like that was the final straw. Like, of course. Like I literally broke down into tears. Um, and I actually asked the dean if I could go home for the day because there was no way I was going to be able to teach. And he denied that of me, but he told me to go to the bathroom and freshen up. And I had my fellow history teacher 
who saw this going on, volunteered to take over the class because he didn't have a class. Right. So I left for maybe 10 minutes, went back and taught the class. So I got a letter that was put in my file from the assistant principal that A, says that rather than saying Gmail, that I accuse kids of calling me gay. They question the kids about this. The kids deny it. Therefore, I acted inappropriately. If I continue to act this way, when I return from my leave, disciplinary actions could be taken. It also stated that I left my classroom without permission. Oh, my God. But I have all the proof to prove that wrong. Um, But this was one of many things. And it was like every letter I was getting. I was on leave for like three and a half months. Yeah. Had to borrow sick days from future years. Like I had to just to survive. Right. Because I'm different, because I'm trans, and I'm trying to live the life I want to live. Right. Right? Um, so imagine when I'm on this leave, I'm calling lawyer after lawyer because my wonderful sister, she was being honest. She was like, I just got this job at this firm. I'm here till like 11 each night. I will lose my job if I help you. Mm-hmm. So like I went from lawyer to lawyer, law firm to law firm. I even reached out. This is the most disgusting, disturbing part. The big, like, LGBT or trans law firms. Mm -hmm. The ones that like to go on CNN and act like they care about all the rest of us trans people. Right. They left me out to dry. Wow. Um, And straight up, some of them would be like, we're too busy, which I'd be cool with. But some of them are like, we only care about, like, litigation that will change nationwide decisions. Impact litigation. Right. Those non-LGBT lawyers, imagine I spoke to one guy out on Long Island. Mm-hmm. I explained to him, like, I don't have money. Yeah. I'm in this situation. I go out to him. He's like, yeah, you're right. You've got a huge case. But you need to be on the defensive for now. I can help you out. I'll mail this letter out and this letter out. But I need $7,500 to get oh started today. God. So I'm just basically like, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Like, you know, fuck you for making me come out here. Yeah. As time was going on, I was losing hope. I'm going to be honest. My mental health was not doing well at home. Yeah. But all my days off were spent trying to get legal help on the phone with HR and documenting, documenting, documenting. And I'm cutting out so much of the horrible things that were said and done to me. Right. My leave is almost up. Now, I called countless times to find out what I needed to get a transfer. And I was told to a T what I needed. Got denied the first time. Was also told that it would take 10 days on average. Well, my second time, I know this took over a month, like, you know. Mm -hmm. Apply the third time. Each time with more and more documentation. Right. There's also an office in the DOE called the OEO. Mm -hmm. Office of Equal Opportunity. What I've learned dealing with them now, because I had to deal with them again last year. They just look for information to help cover things up. Right. They are paid by the DOE. Right. Um, And in the end, this time, with all my evidence and everything and witnesses and things, with a more recent thing, they're like, yeah, well, the worst we could do maybe is put a a letter in their file. So there was the worst things done to me, like, no, but if I were to do that, I would have lost my job or something, you know? Yeah. Um, But imagine I got desperate. And sometimes I get worried because some of the big wigs I got involved in this situation. Um, like I mentioned, Mulgrew, I wrote to him in the beginning, never got mm-hmm. back to me. Um, 
I'm calling other union offices because this one, they have boroughs. Mm-hmm. Basically, it was clear that that one borough was trying to cover everything up. Mm-hmm. So I called another borough. And imagine this woman, this sweet woman, is like, listen, if Randy Weingarten, who was the former president of the UFT, a lesbian, if she was around, this would never happen. She's like, I hate to say it, but she's now the president of the AFT, mm-hmm. which is the biggest teaching union in the country. Um, she was like, maybe it's worth reaching out to her office. Wow. So I did. Um, not only did I reach out to her office by email too, because you got to keep that evidence. Yep. I reached out to Governor Cuomo's office, and I reached out to Mayor de Blasio's office. Mm-hmm. My savior in all of this, even though I'm going to be honest, and if somehow you hear this, Randy, I love you, but I know a lot of it was politics, too. Yeah. Like, not saying you helping me was politics, but the way things played out. Right. Um, I also, someone told me that one of the women involved in this one borough was like a lesbian and really good friends with Randy. Mm-hmm. So she may try to, you know. But still, I had nothing to lose. Yeah. So I sent Randy this email. And I still have email change. She ends up writing to like Big Shots in the union. And basically is like, like what the hell is going on? Right. Like help them. And then guess who suddenly starts calling? Acting like they want to help the union. Wow. Um, with literally like a week to go on my leave. A little more. The OEL, which really wasn't helping me, but this was a mistake I believe they made, that they probably wish they didn't make, but ha- ended up helping me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, this is my, like, I think my third attempt for this transfer. Why am I, haven't I heard anything? So this one woman who has since left, and I always wondered if it's because of this, like, tied to me. Um... She's an attorney, reaches out to the medical approval office, and is like, why is this not approved? And they wrote back an email. So the physician that they have reviewing this stuff, if you were to Google her name, you would see that she's married to another doctor mm-hmm. who's on, uh, I guess, a religious TV channel. Oh, no. Where he's a medical doctor on a religious channel, oh. right? On top of it, I forget it was her or him, but one of them was related to the longest-running, I think, chancellor or superintendent in the DOE. And then they had an article I found, I think, in the New York Times of their daughter marrying some other rich doctor. And there were all these connections. It was just one thing I learned when I was going through all this was yeah. nepotism oh, everywhere yeah. in the DOE and union. And there were, everywhere, <laughs> just yep. in general. And here's the thing. there I think there's people in the union married, like high-ups in the union married high-ups in the DOE. Like, that should not be allowed. Yeah. Uh, but this doctor wrote, basically, if I'm remembering the words correctly, that my condition is not considered a medical condition. And that if she's denying the transfer... And if I want to transfer, I have to go and, uh, how do I put this? I'm sorry. I have to go and uh, speak to administration. My little sister saw this. Mm -hmm. And she wrote back to a lot of the big shots, listing all the laws they were breaking Mm -hmm. by that statement alone. Right. 
And we told them, we give you one week to give me a transfer or we were going to file with these certain avenues. Right. I guess foolishly at that point, I thought they would do the right thing. But a week went by and they denied us. I literally had days left before I had to go back to hell. At one point, the Blasio's office was writing, I think this was after this whole thing was solved in some way. So his office never contacted me, which I thought was weird, but at least he was contacting right. the other end. So yeah. it sounds like they were looking into it. Yeah. Um, Cuomo's people conveniently contacted me after it was all settled. Right. They told me things like I could reach back out if I ever needed them. And when I did, they left me out to dry. Right. Part of me wonders if it was on purpose. Like, hey, now that this is solved, let's act like we were going to help. Right, yeah. Um, I think at this point, uh, at least... The, the union was like, oh, crap. Right. The DOE, I think, as well, but I think the DOE has a lot of money, and they're cocky, mm-hmm. and I think they're willing to spend money to ruin or save themselves, right? Right. Um, so let's say, even with all this, they offered me a transfer. But they said it was their last final offer. So I had to decide. It was actually my birthday... April 8th I think it was given to me on April 7th and I think my leave ended on the 7th or the 8th and after the weekend I was supposed to go back so it was like I had to sign it over the weekend so they gave you no time at all and my sister at the time she was like you have two options either you sign it you get the transfer you keep getting a paycheck and you survive or you could take it to court and my little sister's like listen I get it like Got all this rock star evidence. She's like, but as a lawyer, mm-hmm. I've seen cases just not go right. Yeah. She's like, I've seen people who should have won lose. Right. She's like, do you really want to have to resign from your job? Yeah. And risk. And there was at the time. Here's the truth. Like the what these people put me through. Yeah. I wanted blood. Right. I mean it. Yeah. I'm like, sure. Yeah. I went from being broken to like. I always say, like, the phoenix, I rose from the ashes to, like, I came back. And I was like, no, no, no. Yeah. You guys are the ones who are going to be broken. Right. And the part that drove me nuts, the craziest was that same paragraph that they put in the tenure extension contracts was in this agreement. Meaning if I signed it, I waived everything. Wow. Which is pretty big, right? Yeah. And I had a weekend to decide. So I was set on not signing it. But it was actually, I think, Joe Tolis and my sister. And at the time, for, there was a long time where I regretted signing it. Yeah. But where I am now, I'm happy that yeah. they convinced me to. Yeah. Um, so you're in a good school, in a good situation. Yeah. 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 That's amazing. But here, I'm not done. Oh, God. This is where, this is where DOE did. What I yeah. didn't realize by signing this agreement was, yes, I got my transfer. Yeah. But I was no longer going to be considered like a full-time teacher. I became something known as an ATR, which most teachers, people outside the DOE probably don't know what it is, but it's absent teacher reserve. You're basically a glorified sub. So I got transferred, and then I found out that where I was being sent also wasn't a permanent. Now, if you look on the UFT's website, when you're supposed to get a transfer like this normally, 
you get it within 15 days and if there's a vacancy available you get that position right away where i got transferred to there were vacancies available multiple ones but they reworded my agreement and i think purposefully to deny me that option are you still in that position right I now? I finally got out of it. This is my first year as not the full-time sub. Oh now, here, here's the truth. I was stationed at the same school since I got that transfer. Mm-hmm. But imagine this administrator kept making promises to me, which I have all the evidence of. Right. Two years in a row of getting a job. In fact, I have three licenses, guidance counseling, history, and special ed. Multiple positions open in all of those slots. I came back after the summer to meet the new counselor. Yeah. When I was promised a job at the end of the year. And then it was like denied. But guess what? Because Here's a little positive in this. Because I was technically a full-time sub, mm-hmm. there was more freedom in what they could do with me. Right. So I was actually, and I think because they got, a, they knew I was kind of pissed about being denied a job I was promised. Right. I ended up getting my role there for like almost two years was I was half guidance counselor uh-huh. where I got to work with mainly a lot of LGBT kids, trans kids. Amazing. That was amazing. Yeah, so all the wow. BS I went through was worth it for that alone. Totally. But then they also threw me in classes, but they threw me in online Spanish mm. with the at-risk kids uh-huh. who are all undercredited and they told me they would give me a curriculum. And they didn't. They also gave every other teacher a classroom of some sort. I was in the broken down library that was far off from the rest of the school without a working phone. Oh my god. I was assaulted multiple times by students. Um, One kid came up to me while in the hallway one day and tried to pull my hair off as if it was a wig forcefully. Um, I had adults calling me he and sir on purpose to try to trigger me. They would follow me into elevators purposely knowing that we'd be alone and I'd have to ride up these elevators. Oh my god. I was, you seen the article in the New York yeah. Daily News? Like that one incident, if you knew how the adults handled that, that mm. was the most disturbing part. Not the kid coming in and calling me a tranny during a meeting with a parent mm-hmm. and then attacking me, but the way the adults handled it afterwards. Right. I was told things like, maybe if you were completely open about who you were, that wouldn't have happened to you. Right? And I have all, all the evidence of this too. Right. And this is what I went to the OEL for again. Right. And I had all this evidence and all this proof, and it didn't matter. Yeah. Um, imagine I had a presentation I did after school for one of the roles I did with counseling. And this guy I worked with all year came up to me. He knew how I identify. Mm-hmm. I was, and here's the truth. I wasn't called the name I chose, right. but I was still Miss Brady. Yeah. After I got the transfer, I was Miss Brady. I was rocking the makeup. I was wearing women's clothes, but here's the truth. I was still a little gender queerish, but not even that. I was, at the time, a lot of athletic wear. Uh-huh. So like the big rumor was when I first started, which I think is hysterical, was I was the new lesbian gym teacher. <laughs> <laughs> so. Amazing. And, but here's the truth. Even with all this garbage, majority of the kids were great. But imagine this one adult, and I know it was on purpose, was like, hey, with parents there and students like, hey, so you're like in transition, right? Which way are you going? Because I can't tell. Oh, my God. You know, like, and then guess what? I reported that. And rather than taking it serious, my boss would say things like, well, you're an adult, you know, 
you should have thick skin if this was a kid, right? On top of it, as I was going to meet the OEO and leave school for this meeting, I walk into his office to ask, let him know I'm going to leave for the scheduled meeting. And he happened to be in the room with this same guy that was making these type of comments to me. Uh, and I have all the evidence in the world to prove it. Yeah. And in this closed environment, my boss decided to serve me. And it was clearly done on purpose. And the way I took it was like, I can do whatever I want and you're not going to get any of us in trouble. Right. Well, right. sure enough, even though going up to all these months, I kept getting promises for these jobs. And another guidance counselor job opened up. And when it became aware that I wanted it, they made an excuse about the budget and took it down from the open market, but then added all these other positions, Uh right? It was clear, like, this guy wasn't cool with me being trans. Right. Now, here's the great part of this story. Oh, yeah, and all the statement forms that were handed in by eyewitnesses for this stuff conveniently disappeared like that other school. Oh, my God. And there's certain rules that are supposed to be followed by when this happens, and believe me, I made it clear to the OEO, and I have more than enough evidence, right? Yeah. But nothing happened. Um, and lots of horrible things happened to my little babies that I've reported. But um, here's the truth. Uh, this is the, the good part. I feel like I have no future. I'm looking into leaving teaching. I'm here from friends and family that I need to accept that someone like me, the world's not ready for. And I keep telling them, no, that's not true. I'm going to prove you wrong. They're all like, we think you're being foolish. And that's why I'm so happy where I'm at at the moment. So imagine I go and I defeated. I'm in a big building that's been split up into different schools. So I walk upstairs to this school that I just always, when I saw the kids in the hall, when I saw the staff members, they just like, it was like this warm, friendly vibe. The halls were in chaos. Yeah. You didn't hear about their kids getting in the brawls, like my kids. And it was also like the school model just sounded so cool, like right. the way they teach in grade. And and I also happened to know the guidance counselor from there because there were sometimes building-wide guidance meetings and he happened to be a, a gay man. Uh-huh. So like a, a sweet guy, good at his job. So I happen to walk up there with this resume just on a whim, like knock on his door. I walk in and I'm like, hey, Clint, how are you? I'm like, yo, by any curiosity, your school is not looking for like a guidance counselor or a teacher. And he was like, actually, you should speak to that woman right there. And I think you'll get a kick out of some of this. Um, So I look to my right and there's this woman with like short hair. She's looking at me. She's like, oh, how are you? Shakes my hand. She's like, sure, come with me. Was not ready for an interview. Right. This woman sits me down. And and I, I will forever have a soft spot for this woman from this. Uh-huh. And she's a little quirky herself. Um, but she sits me down. And she's like, okay, tell me your story. Why are you here? So like I start going on and on. And I don't remember how it came up. But like I just decided to be like real with her and I'm like well I'm sure you heard about the trans teacher getting attacked in the building blah 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 that's actually me and then I started to tell her stuff like how 
since transitioning, no one will give me those shots anymore. Mm-hmm. That I'm really like thinking, and oh yeah, and the DOE because you don't want to be in ATR, and a lot of ATRs were in schools that were closed. Mm-hmm. They're making too much money to get hired now because they've been teaching for so long. Or they did things to get thrown in the ATR pool, like hurt a kid. Right. Right? Yeah. So you also get, I didn't realize, people, I was like seen as a possible like kid toucher. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like it was like a cowbell, like, oh, Ugh. stay away from this one. Yeah. Um, so I tell her why I was in ATR. I tell her some stories about some things that happened to me. To the point where, like, I feel tears coming up in my yeah. eyes and in my head. I'm like, "There, you, you fucked up. There's no way this woman's going to give you this job. Yeah. Um, so sure enough, she shares a little bit with me about trauma she's been through. Bad boss she had. Uh-huh. And But she was also asking me, like, questions, I think, trying to trigger me. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which made things come out. So at one point, she's just like... Pardon my French, but just, you know, shut up. Yeah. I don't give a fuck about your gender identity. She's like, tell me what you can do as a teacher. Right. So then I was like, okay. And I talked about my teaching. And she stops. And she goes, I want you to know something. You know, I hear a lot of crazy things from people. She was like, but... I think I'm a good judge of when people are telling the truth or lying. And she goes, I sincerely believe you. <laughs> she goes, but if, if, I'm not saying you're getting a job, but if you do work here, she's like, I think you should find a good counselor. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, take care of yourself. Yeah. And she was like, because oh. you got a lot, to, a lot of trauma. Yeah. She's like, I recognize it, but, you know, when you deal with that, then I think you could deal with the blah, blah, blah. So this woman, who sometimes is a little bit too much of a mom, but I know she always means well. She's like, all right, come with me. We walk to another room. She knocks on the door. I'm not ready for this. And there's this special ed teacher. And she's like, hey, Jason, <laughs> you want to interview uh, Sean? Like, you know? So I sit down with this Jason. And once again, I'm just like, okay. And meanwhile, I'm presenting like dressed like a bum this day. Like I was right. not ready for an interview. And when this Jason guy, I'm just completely like, I come out, I'm trans. And what's crazy is the two of us actually used to work in the same building elsewhere. And then I put it together and used to see him. We were both deans, but of the two different schools in the same building. Oh, weird. So like I was always chasing kids on the, his floor. He was chasing kids on the, my floor. Um, wow. But he also shared... Uh, a story with me about how one of his co-workers went through transition. Oh, wow. And how great it is because they're still teaching. Yeah. Guy was very sweet. Then I meet this woman, Miss Riley, who was like the head of special ed for the school, the IEP coordinator. And she basically, um, I end up finding out, she came to the school, my first DOE school that I left, she basically came when I left. Mm-hmm. And my good friend, who was like the work mom of this guy I know, right? She left as well to become a assistant principal somewhere. And she took that spot. So she was the new work mom <laughs> with this guy I know. And it was just funny. And we were like, oh my God, like we know all the same people. Synchronicity. Yes. And sure enough, she, then I'm brought and knock on the door. And here's this principal, this guy Luke, 
It was the chillest dude in the world. Like, I've never had a cooler boss. Hey! Shh! <laughs> um, so imagine I go and speak to Luke. But what's even funnier is, imagine in the school I've been working in, the last six months, there was this woman that came in and started coaching some of us history teachers. She worked for, like, a network. It turns out it's his wife. Wow. <laughs> so talk about, like, the idea of nepotism and yeah. closeness. This time it's kind of playing out for me. Yeah. I'm like, wow, I know almost everyone here. That's amazing. Crazier story. The woman who gave me this shot, that first EP, who interviewed me first. I didn't find this out till months later. Born and raised in Huntington. Whoa. Moved back there, is raising her family there now. Whoa. You know, weird. in her 30s. So weird. Yep. In her 30s? Did you, and you didn't know her? Nope. But here's the thing. She I'm, went to Huntington? She, I believe, went more of the Catholic route. Okay, so like St. Anthony's or yeah. one of those. Wow. Yeah, but like weird. grew up in the station. Weird. Yeah. So like uh, these weird connections, yeah. right? Um, but sure enough, I ended up getting the job. And it's been wonderful. Um, even cooler is they also hire the trans man. Oh my god. Yes. That's amazing. Yes. And this trans man has quickly turned into one of my closest friends. Because like the two of us last night, I was having a rough night. So they were like, hey, you want to go to Bear Burger? Drinks on me. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know? And the two of us like... And it's cool because... Prior to, I guess, my social media recently taking off, like, I did have some trans friends or trans connections, mm-hmm. but, like, very much felt alone. Right, absolutely, yeah. And now I have this coworker who I see every day, and some things still happen at work, but we got each other to, like, educate people and be totally. like, this cannot go on, yeah. you know? And, like, and it's just, it's, it's, it's lovely. That's uh, incredible. Yeah. I mean, it's like such a shitty thing that you had to go through everything that you went through, but this being the outcome is so amazing. Without a doubt. Yeah. And the kids are great, you know, and they, here's the craziest part. This is what's so crazy to me. (laughs) With this younger generation, and in particular the school I'm in, some of these kids know the deal and don't give a fuck, mm-hmm. right? I'm a person, I'm cool, and they like me. Occasional kids know the deal, maybe aren't the greatest about it. Mm-hmm. There are so many kids that because I was introduced as Miss, and I'm going by a certain name now, right? They have no effing clue, and it's so funny. Like, yeah. with my voice and everything, I think it's so funny. Wow. Right? Um, <laughs> like, for example, I also coach. Uh-huh. So imagine on this coaching website, they have my birth name. So imagine, like, kids in class, a kid on one of the Coming teams is like, it. Yo, why do they have someone else's name up on the website? <laughs> and, like, I know that a kid is being sincere. And in my head, I'm like, oh, come on, kid. Like... Put it together, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Same last name. <laughs> like, oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's so funny. But what I find funny is it's, A, it makes me feel better because I guess I'm presenting better. I'm getting more confident. Con- what I always say to people, I had a trans friend tell me this years ago, someone way ahead of me, was like, listen, 
It's not about the hormones so much. It's not about this. It's how you carry yourself. Mm -hmm. It's your confidence. Mm -hmm. If you're not confident, you're not going to be passable. Right. And I've noticed that, like on the days where I feel less confident, yeah, I don't have it as good. But as time goes on, I'm getting more confident, and I think the kids see this confidence. Yeah. Um, Which is so incredible because no matter what, like just watching someone come into their own, like own themselves and yep. develop this confidence is kids need to see that. Yep. Especially high school kids. Yep. That's like that's the biggest lesson they can learn like that's just so incredible yeah that's so good we ha- i have to wrap it up but i'm 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 so excited and thank you so much <laughs> for no telling problem. me all of this and do you want to say what what your name is now are you ready for that sure okay <laughs> so there's a long story behind it um i do still love the name sean mm-hmm um, Which, by the way, there's lots of girls yeah, with the name Sean. Yeah, I've noticed. I tried using Sean, and sometimes it's big as used as an excuse mm-hmm. um, to keep just misgendering me. Right, Even right. if I got the full makeup and pink nail polish on mm-hmm. and introduce as Miss. Um, but I actually go at work by summer. Which I love. Yes, <laughs> yes my favorite season. Um, but I've been debating legally changing it to either Sean Summer or... S- Summer Sean as my middle name. Um, but yeah, that's what I go by in a lot of circles now. Amazing. Yeah. I love it. Yes. Um, and I will shamelessly plug, if you don't mind. <laughs> go, go for it. Um, so my Instagram a few weeks ago had like maybe 300 followers. Um, and I started just sharing more about my story and why I like it more than my Facebook is my Facebook's a little more like raw. It's got a lot of the negative things I've been through, but I'm trying to keep my Instagram as positive as possible because my life has been pretty positive lately. So it's like a natural thing. Like mm-hmm. I'm happier. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also know the big impact, like I mentioned Carmen Carrera for me. Yeah. I was like, you know what? Maybe I can, and counseling these little kids, like here's the truth, these high schoolers, trans high school babies, yeah. They make me feel like a rock star because they... That makes me want to cry. Yes. <laughs> it's so beautiful. Because, like, they tell me, like, I'm the only person they had and all yeah. that stuff. Um, so I'm getting all this amazing responses from people in the military overseas to moms of queer kids telling me how they're, they cried when they found my page and they showed their children, they showed them that life gets better. All these people in different phases of transition, some way ahead of me, some just getting started, just giving me all this encouragement and support. And even some of, like, one of the role models I talked about earlier shared my post the other day. Oh, my God. Which was, like, super big for me. Yeah. Um, so, like, here's the truth. If you guys want to check out my Instagram, it's Brady Bunch, B-R-A-Y-D bunch b-u-n-c-h um but honestly it's taking off so i went from like 300 followers to let me check i think i saw earlier it was like over five thousand. over five thousand. and hold up i think my phone died actually oh no you do you just had it plugged in yeah i think probably the computer that i will say but here's the truth um it's awesome and i think it's gonna grow yeah and i oh yeah yeah i forgot to mention this I know you kind of do like similar stuff, but mm-hmm. 
a year ago, I looked for um, translifecoach.com. Mm-hmm. While I was completing my counseling, I was like, you know what? Because I was also working towards getting licensed, and I still can, but I put it on pause at the moment. I just got to do the internship hours. But to become a licensed mental health counselor, to yeah. be like a private therapist. But what I realized is, yes, you need the therapist, but what people like me need more are people who've been through Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So guess what? I checked a week ago. Whoever owned that site dropped it. I bought translifecoach.com. It's a work in progress, but it's been up for like a week. Uh-huh. I put an email address and a telephone number, and I already have all these people messaging me, asking me prices and like all that stuff. You've got to do it. Yeah, yeah. So it's so val- it's so you're it's so valuable. You've got to do it. Yes. You've got to do it because your story. I mean, you can help so many people heal, like, and just come into themselves and realize, like, they can be who they are. Yes. Ah, it's so exciting. (laughs) And I want to thank Sarah for this awesome opportunity. Uh, Of course. (laughs) Thank you.